When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Oh yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. We live, ladies and gentlemen, here at Hattie B's Hot Chicken. That's right. Friday, we were live on remote. Monday, we're live on remote. We're going to bring y'all a jam-packed draft day week. Three days away, man. I'm, I'm just so damn excited to get this thing over with so we could talk about the Dallas Cowboys draft picks, see what the rivals have done, see what the league has done. But before we do that, we tend to get caught up in the flavor of the month. We tend to, around this time, and rightfully so, we get excited, right? All these players we've been studying, all these players have been researching, uh, pet cats and everything. We tend to forget about our own. So in the spirit, of the Tank versus Garcia fight in the spirit of that sentiment. Today's segment is going to be called. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Today's segment is going to be called. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. <laughs> Y'all must have forgot. And we got four players, four of them, one, two, three, four, young players that we have to keep in mind heading into this draft. And I think these four players are going to be talking to you and myself and the rest of Cowboy Nation. Say, hey, wait a minute now. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Shout out to Roy Jones Jr., if y'all remember that. If you don't remember that, just Google y'all must have forgot Roy Jones Jr. And you will see uh, that video and that that song was pretty popping back then um, when Roy Jones was making his little comeback or whatnot. But that tank fight uh, was very interesting. Uh, I, I figured that tank was going to be too much for Garcia, but – the whole, you know, weight situation, hit him with that liver shot, and it was a wrap, man. Put him on one knee. But entertaining nonetheless. I would look forward to seeing that again. But I figured that's kind of let's kind of morph the two, right? Let's morph the the boxing world of what just happened over the past weekend with Cowboys in the draft and whatnot. Four guys we're gonna talk about. But before we do that, man, shout out to the Bomb Squad for joining me this morning. Bomb Squad! Y'all the best. Appreciate you. Ryan, Lord Nova, A.A. Ron, Chris Dansler, C.J. I see you. Uh, Juan, Daniel Pre. Appreciate you, man. Swain in the building. Lee, what's good, bro? Uh, Freight Train. I ain't seen Freight Train in the grip. What's good, Freight Train? Gregory Swain, Danny Savage in the building. Uh, who else? We got Airborne Bullies TV, Towboat Tie, of course, Alpha Mason, Captain America, my lady in the building. She likes the lighting now. Uh, she always complains about the lighting in there, but we got it figured out today. Uh, Sin City Cowboy, what's goody, man? TC915, Devin, I see you. Rachel, good morning. Rolo, Peter, John, Adam, and the many, many more. 
coming through wherever you may be listening, whether it be at work, whether it be working out at home, at the crib, wherever, on the road, because I know a lot of y'all on the road. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to try to give y'all a quality show as always. What's good, Too Broke? Look, if you want to call in, you can. The number is still right here, 351-999-3787. Call in, and we can talk about these four guys I'm going to feature today. Or you can let me know some other young guys that, hey, y'all must have forgot, forgot. Y'all must have forgot about these young boys coming into this NFL draft. So here's what we'll do. Let's get this thing started. The roundup is very short. Not a whole lot going on. The, the Cowboys brass are keeping things close to the vest. Or are they? It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Are the Cowboys keeping things close to the vest? Huh? I'm not quite sure about that. Look, Stephen Jones, for whatever reason, came out and spoke twice over the last couple of weeks. Uh, last, yeah, last week or so. And one of the things he talked about, one of the names he mentioned, was Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver. Now, I'm trying to decipher if this is just smokescreen, if this is them trying to play games with the NFL. I don't know. But one of the questions were posed about the receiver position, and Stephen Jones mentioned how, you know, the draft is pretty small. Up, you know, at the top of the draft with some of the, the top players in regards to wide receivers. But then he mentioned Quentin Johnston by name. Now, now Quentin Johnston was a 30 visit, so it's not like this is a surprise. It shouldn't be a, really a surprise uh, to the Cowboys having interest. Again, they don't waste these 30 visits. I do think there is real-life interest in QJ, um, but you, you don't normally hear them come out days before the draft and just drop names now. So the cynic in me, the conspiracy theorist in me, thinks this could be a smokescreen. I think there's genuine interest, but maybe they're trying to show the league, hey, hey man, we're, we're, we're interested in QJ, so if you want to come up and grab him, do so and allow this player, that player to fall to the Cowboys, right? So it's, this is what they call lying season, right? This is what they call lying season. I don't think they're lying about interest, but I, they, they could be – Playing some mind games here with the National Football League in regards to QJ, but Quentin Jones or Quentin Johnston from Stephen Jones was mentioned, and it makes me uh, my antennas roll up a little bit here. Uh, Rolo said, "Oh, Stephen was putting smoke out there when mentioning invasion of the body snatcher." Y'all must have forgot about six two Isaac Tell. Ooh, hold that one, Chandra. Hold that one because I liked him from last year. Um. Tony wants to know how close we think we are to winning. Look, we, we close, brother. We close. But, like I said, man, really, really, really quick roundup. And I look over to my right, and I see I got my good brother, Professor X. Professor X. I thought it was Professor O. Professor O, you're supposed to be calling in here. But we got Professor X on the horn. Um, Professor X, hold tight real quick. I want to get into this chat real quick, talk to our guys and gals, and then we'll get into our – First young player. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. Y'all must have forgot about man. Uh, let's see what y'all talking about here. 
Uh, Dope says it's smoke and mirrors, but I hope not. So you're a big fan of QJ is what I'm imagining here. And let me fix this. And sorry, y'all. You know me. I'm still trying to build this plane in the air when we are. Boom. Here we go. Uh, let's see what's good, Steven. Sky, that's the old 45 fake. So you think they're faking this out too. Gregory says slight of hand. I think I agree. I, I think this is this is just Steven Jones, maybe the Joneses, maybe Will, you know, coming out saying, hey, look, man. Because when I, when I listen to that Will McClay interview, Will McClay a lot more cerebral when it comes to this than, than, than we probably think. You know, we, we probably think, you know, Will McClay is all about the, the scouting aspect and, and whatnot. And he is, right? He is. But I don't think you're this successful in the first round without some type of mind games going on with the end of, or in the draft. I don't. And I think Will McClay got a little bit to do with that. Danny says, I'm hoping the tight end talk and wide receiver talk are all smokescreen to get a team to move up. Uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, you know. And look, I'm big on Zay. Like if Zay falls, I like a lot of these receivers. I get it, but I'm really not trying to press at the tight end or wide receiver position. I'm really not trying to press on that. And I hope that it allows an offensive lineman to fall down to the Cowboys. Maybe one of those top edge guys to fall down to the Cowboys. And but we'll see. But what if some of the guys that are going to be available to Dallas? Cowboys end up passing on because they believe in some other dudes. Or what if they say, well, we can get this position later because we believe in this guy or that guy. That's kind of what made me do this segment today, right? Not saying they're going to pass on any of these players because of the four the four players I'm mentioning, but these four players are still going to be a part of the Cowboys' defense or offensive Core, if we're being honest, maybe the last one here I'm going to talk about that that could be a question mark. But what if Dan Quinn says, look, man, I like what I saw from this player. What if McCarthy says, look, I like what I saw from that player. Let's go ahead and, and attempt to get another position because I believe in this guy. And the first one I want to talk about, Cowboys Nation, if you don't mind. It's Chauncey Golston. Okay. Chauncey Golston was kind of just forgot about if we're being honest must have forgot, forgot. but if you go look at his tape if you go look at you know where Chauncey Golston finished or how he finished the season I think you could argue that Chauncey Golston for the for the snaps that he had had a productive year efficient let me use that word let me use that word efficient because the, the numbers that you're going to see are not wowing they're not they're not eye-popping or anything like that but put it this way, he put up, he put on more muscle, he put on more weight to go play the defensive tackle position, right? He got up to that 290-ish area, and he talked to, it was a Kyle Yeomans, I think it was, and he told Kyle Yeomans, yeah, man, I'm, I'm up to 290, they want me to play more defensive tackle, so that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to play more defensive tackle. But he plays significantly less snaps than he did in his rookie year. Yeah, he played less snaps overall. He played 400-plus snaps in 2021, only 237 in 2022. However, they were probably more efficient. 22 tackles, 12 stops. His 12 stops were as many stops as he had his rookie season, and he played almost double the snaps. A couple quarterback hits, a, a sack, and a couple tackles for loss, and he saved his best game for last against the Washington football people, if you guys remember that. He was uh, fantastic in that game, man, and, and I think gave – you know, Dan Quinn, a lot of confidence moving forward 
in the playoffs. I think that's why you saw less of Neville Gallimore as the season went on. Now, Ghost is a bit of a tweener. He's going to play some D tackle. He's going to play some five tech. So, again, he's not a guy that you're going to pass on a top dude for, but he's a guy that is going to be a part of this rotation. Maybe once you get into that third, fourth, fifth round, you say, well, we don't need to take, for instance, the defensive tackle from uh, Alabama. Who was it that Byron? Was it Byron Young or something like that? Because maybe Dan Quinn says, we got that guy. We got that tweener type guy already on this team that has shown to be productive in the NFL. And yes, Chauncey hasn't had big numbers, but he's had some production. Now, of his 237 snaps last year, he lined up at defensive tackle or nose tackle 129 times. That is about double, I think it is, compared to what he did his rookie year. So it's clear they want Golson to play more on the interior Cowboys nation. Chauncey Ghoston is telling the world, y'all must have forgot, forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Let's see what y'all got to say about one Chauncey Ghoston here, Cowboys Nation. Yes, sir, Dallas Cowboys hard hitter. My apologies on that, on that audio, too. My apologies. Uh, Professor X, let's go ahead and get you in on the horn since we got you here, brother. Good morning, good sir. Morning, sir. How you doing, man? So, uh, I think the draft is going to go. Uh, if you uh, listen to Steven, uh, he said he wants a, a weapon on offense and a blocker as well. So, I think it's going to be to be Michael Meyer or it's going to be a trade down to get an extra second round. To yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think. You know, if I had to guess, uh, Mayer is is probably their top their top guy, only because I think he's going to be their top rated player if he's available. I, I think they probably have a ton of these offensive linemen rated high. Uh, if they do address their board accordingly, they obviously have quarterbacks, right? The quarterbacks will be high. The offensive linemen will be high. Bijan will be high. But Mayer might be the last of those first-round graded guy. So I think that's why you hear a lot of that talk. But if Mayer's not there, trade back where? Because there's not too many places to go. You know, there's only there's only five of the teams that pick after you. So you're, if you're saying Trey could put you out the first round, man, they, they haven't done that since Bill Parcells was here. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. That's all you got for the show? Yeah, just, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go for the tight end. Um, but I would like them to, to get that big nasty uh, guard uh, with Malk. Oh yeah, Cody I like Malk. I like Cody Malk. He's probably gonna go round round two maybe because I think these I think a lot of offensive linemen are gonna go in the first two rounds. I, I just I I don't see a whole lot of the top fifty O linemen, top sixty O linemen falling. I don't. I don't think it's a deep enough draft for it to happen. Yeah. Here's my uh, kind of wild card uh, in the in the first round for another team. I think the Colts are going to take Hooker, man. Say again. I, I honestly got a feeling they're going to take Hooker. Oh, the Colts. You think the Colts will go uh, uh, Henning Hooker? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to trade down a little bit and take uh, Hooker, man. I think there will definitely be some activity going zone. In that top 10 for sure. Hey, appreciate you, Professor X.
Thanks. Yes, sir. Looking in the chat here, seeing what you guys are saying about one uh, Chauncey. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Ryan says, I like Chauncey. He's solid and he gives good effort. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, Metrius Adams says, Gallimore has been a disappointment. Yeah, Gallimore definitely fell out of flavor with the team last year. In fact, he got benched a bunch. Uh, Shundra says, we sleeping on Gallimore. I mean... Your team is sleeping on Gallimore. All right. Yeah. She says he was healing from the arm injury. You're talking about the arm injury from two seasons ago? No, 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 no. Neville Gallimore was 100% healthy heading into training camp and whatnot. Uh, He just, he fell out of favor. You know, he got beat out in camp. We're we're sitting there, me and Vacha watching camp, and we're like, yo, Bohanna is looking better than Neville Gallimore. Tristan was looking better than Neville. The only really player he wasn't looking better than was the rookie. Um, Carlos Watkins was pushing him. You know, it was it was it was rough sledding for Neville. Then he gets to Denver, and he can't keep up with the guys. He, he falls out of favor with the with the staff. He's out there playing in the fourth quarter in preseason. Neville Gallimore got benched during the season. He was a healthy scratch a lot of the time. He didn't even play. In the first postseason game, there is a lot of heat on Neville Gallimore. A whole lot of heat on Neville Gallimore. So I think the team is sleeping on him. And honestly, as they should, they should be lighting a fire under him. They should be approaching this thing as if Neville Gallimore does not exist. Uh, and, and it's weird because we had this conversation last year after they drafted Osa. Um, the same thing that happened to Tristan is happening to Neville. Tristan gets drafted in the second round. The very next year, they draft his position high. Neville gets drafted in the third round. The very next year, they draft his position high. You know, twice, in fact. You know, now they, they, then the next year, they move a defense end to defensive tackle. So Neville Gallimore is, and it's not a Dan Quinn guy. You know, he's got a lot to prove to this team and to this staff to get back on their side. And, you know, if, when you watch the film, he is not even, I can't even call him a, spa, a splash player. It's just, it's kind of non-existent. And I wonder if he kind of, fell for the Tyrone Crawford syndrome. Hey, man, put on this weight because he put on a lot of weight to, to try to be more of a run guy, be more of a dual threat interior guy, and it, it just didn't work out for him. You saw him lose that quickness, um, and he really didn't have that same strength as, as push as you, you would hope that a one-tech would have. So Neville's got a lot of pressure on him right now, for sure. Good morning, Lamont. What's up with you, man? brother i'm good good sir how are you good so i was just thinking about something that uh that kind of like you know i thought would be real petty like what if Bijan's right there right before we get ready to pick and philadelphia moves up and grabs them right there uh it'll be like minnesota i think will be that pick shoot if minnesota's trying mm-hmm. to get rid of cooks they might be a ticket uh, that would be petty. Yeah, I mean, they would have to have an inkling that the Cowboys would take Bijan. Yeah, but as far as like um Navel though, Navel Gallimore, I, yeah. I can't lie, man. Like the way he plays is like he plays smaller than his size, dude. Like getting pushed out the way, like as soon as like, because as soon as like people run past him, he doesn't even get off his block. 
and I did, you know, I did notice that a lot about him during the season. And he just, like, regressed since that one Pittsburgh game, uh, what, three years ago when we played Pittsburgh in AT&T? He, it, he had a game. Yeah, his rookie year. That was kind of his, his coming out party in that game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then um, as far as Chauncey, I would love to Are you Chauncey speaking? You, you got me on speaker, bro? Yes, sir. There you go, because it sent you a little low. Yeah, as far as Chauncey goes, I would love to see him get more time to play. I feel like Chauncey is a – I feel like he's he's proved himself when he goes in and he's going to, you know, hold it down somewhat. Um, he just needs more reps. Yeah, yeah, and he started to get those later on in the year when, again, Neville Gallimore was a healthy scratch. And, you know, he splashes more than Neville, in my opinion. But they're, they're not the same body type or the same player. His His versatility is more inside-outside and not inside, inside, one tech, nose, uh, nose tackle, three tech. He's more three tech, five uh, technique. But but I think he offers a lot, man. In the run game, he can anchor. He's got the length. I thought you saw, from a technical standpoint, him maturing. Now, I don't think he's ever he's one of them ones, but I think he'd be a core player on his defense for sure. Yeah, and I kind of look at Chauncey as in that, that uh, Tyron Crawford mode. Like, oh. I, I kind of look at him as, yeah, as, as far as, like, his versatility, being able to play in and out. It so, sucks because when I think um, of Tyron Crawford, I don't think of it as a positive situation because I think they forced him to do all this inside-outside stuff, and he had most of his success on the interior. They should have just kept him there. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen with, with, with uh, Chauncey where, you know, they're, they're bumping him, you know, making him put on weight, lose weight, put on weight, lose weight, and he never kind of becomes consistent because Crawford – you know, he was consistent on the interior. And then, then they said, well, we need you to lose weight now because we want you to play defense end. And then he wasn't consistent out there. And it was frustrating what they did with him. Okay, and just my last question, bro. So, as far as Damone Clark, how, what do you see Damone Clark doing going into his second year as far as his, his growth and his potential and his ability to just stay on the field? And I'm going to go ahead and let you go and listen to what you got to say. All right, man. Appreciate you, Mont. I am a very, very big fan of what Damone Clark could do from a growth standpoint. I mean, this is a smart guy, obviously a hardworking guy. And I think we kind of got a great, we got a greatest rookie year on a curve. I mean, he came off the spinal contusion. Uh, I believe that's what it was. Didn't practice during the offseason. But you heard uh, George Edwards talk about how cerebral he was, how he was going through those motions with the guys, how he was in the facility last to leave. And then in the middle of the year, maybe with a week of practice, boom, two weeks of practice, he goes out there and he performs very well when he had his running mate with him. I think, I think we kind of were hard on him, rightfully so. We're going to give him tough love, uh, these young players. Once LVE went down and Anthony Barr was out, that's a lot for a young guy to have to put on his shoulders that, that has not been in that position in the NFL and, and didn't have preseason, didn't have training camp, mini camps, any of that. And he, he kind of slowed down because he was trying to figure things out. But, man, if, if you go and listen to interviews, if you listen to the coaches from the Cowboys or coaches from other uh, LSU, this is a kid that I don't think is, is going to lie down no matter who they take in the NFL draft. This is a kid who's smart, who gets it, who picks things up. And, you know, maybe he's not the Mike linebacker now. Uh, if LV goes down, he probably slides over. But I think he'll be way better prepared for that position if it happens and he needs to play Mike. But regardless, if he is next to whomever that Mike is 
and he's allowed to just play, I think you're going to see a year two jump for for Damone Clark. I'm, I'm a big fan of Damone Clark. I think he has all the tools to be a quality linebacker for you. I do. Let's talk about another guy that I think is a quality uh, interior guy. Let's stick with the interior. And we're talking about one Osa Odigizuwa. Man, I wish I could have uh, dropped the Osa interview I did last year, but we had a whole lot of technical issues, so I couldn't do it. But I, I got even more excited after talking to him, man. Um, and you could see the growth as well with Osa. I, Osa is one of those guys, man, that is I think is on the cusp. It's just a matter of how, again, are we going to utilize these interior guys? That's That kind of what holds me back from taking one of these pure three-tech dudes uh, with Dan Quinn. I don't think they're going to utilize the three-tech guys like the rest of the league does in their penetrating 4-3 system. Uh, last year, he had 43 tackles, 26 stops, 11 quarterback hits, 4 sacks, and 8 tackles for losses. Uh, he had more sacks this year, more tackles for loss this year, less QB hits, and about the same amount of total snaps, but less pass rush snaps. So the efficiency was a little bit higher. I think he was better in a lot of departments, too. I thought he made a lot of plays. You saw him make the play in, in against the uh, 49ers in the playoff game. And Osa seems to do that. He'll make some big plays in big in big-time moments. And normally, if you go look at it, it's when they ask him to be a penetrating guy. Um, now, he plays the loop game. He plays the uh, tackle end game very well because he has that quickness and that very sneaky strength. He bulked up last year. As my guy Vash Lombardi would say, off-season peanut butter. He put on some off-season peanut butter. Not a whole bunch of weight, but muscle, right? Not, not He didn't just get fat. He, he put on some more muscle to deal with, you know, what he's asked to do. Um, again, not, they're not asking him to be penetrated. They're not asking him to just shoot the gaps, get the quarterback on the way to the to, to the or get the running back on the way to the quarterback. The Rob Marinelli way, right? I feel like under Rob Marinelli's scheme, oh boy, he could have been fantastic under Rob Marinelli's scheme. And I'm not saying that Dan is not getting the most out of him. He just has a plan for these for these tackles. And their plan is really to open it up for the better part of their front seven, and that's the defensive ends. Let's be honest, guys. There are so many more defensive edge rushers on this team, pass rushers on this team, than there are interior guys. So I think that's just Dan leaning into that. That's all it is. I just think he's leaning into that. But, hey, man, Osa Odigizuwa is telling us, must have forgot, forgot. but I ain't forget about you, Osa. And I ain't forget about 918. We got 918 on the horn. What's good? What's going on, Scott? What's up with you? Hey, first time caller, man, on your show. I called in, uh, spoke with Vosh a couple of episodes. Hey. But, man, I love you guys. love what you do. Salute, man. I appreciate uh, you calling my in. Draft knowledge, my draft knowledge has went up, man. But I got a couple of things, that I'm going to get off here, man. So I'm looking at our D-line. I'm glad y'all were talking about it. And Damone Clark. I felt like when he first got in and started playing and he was flying around, you know, he was doing great. And I didn't really – I didn't even look at it till the last few weeks. The games that he struggled, I thought, were the games that Van Der Esch was out. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like Damone Clark, 
he's kind of chasing things with his eyes because he's so young. Mm -hmm. I feel when he first got out there, those first few games, he was flying around. And then a, a lot of offenses started throwing misdirections at us, window dressing up a lot of stuff, and I felt like he lost the steps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. But, but I really do think. Go yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, finish off. I really do think he takes a jump when he's out there with Van Der because Van Der gets him settled down and gets him, mm -hmm. you know, just just settled down, man, kind of coaches him up like a point guard. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I, and I, I wasn't a big Van Der guy, man, until last year when he got when he went out. And I was like, oh, man, we we missing this guy getting us lined up. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm still not a big Van Der Esch guy, but I understand his importance to this team since they haven't really addressed that middle linebacker position. I think they could have upgraded from Leighton, but they didn't, and they could have brought in a Bobby Wagner, but they brought Leighton back. And but that doesn't mean I don't understand how important he is to the defense now, right? Because you don't have a quarterback of the defense at the linebacker position outside of Leighton Van Der Esch, you know. And and, nope. and another injury nope. that I think hurt, uh, uh, that hurt. Clark as well was Anthony Barr going down. They both were down simultaneously a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and you didn't have yeah, any veteran that. out there really able to kind of school Damone Clark, who was still extremely young uh, when it came to the position in the NFL because he didn't have any tick in the offseason. So I'm right there with you, man. When he was out there with LVE, you saw him play faster. And when he wasn't, you saw him thinking a little bit more because he had to. Let me ask you this. How much does it help those – young linebackers to have veteran defensive linemen in front of them. Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, veteran D linemen, uh, better guys, you know. Yeah, it, it obviously helps to have veterans on defense in general, but uh, you could be uh, – do we consider Neville a veteran? Like, I'm just throwing names around. Like, like Neville's going to his fourth year. He was a veteran, but how much does that really help, you know? So, it, it, it helps more yeah, to have better, like better dudes in front of them, right? Like, Jonathan Hankins. Now, when you put Jonathan Hankins in front of these young bucks, they're going to play better because he's better dude. <laughs> Man, I started calling uh, Nev Knees off of Catfish because I feel like he catfished us <laughs> a little bit. Man, oh, I was expecting a lot more out of that guy. Yeah, somebody said he's, he's, he's been a disappointment earlier. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue it not being. You know, rookie year showed some promise. Second year gets hurt with the elbow early on. Now, obviously, injuries happen, but that's hey, that's part of the evaluation. He got hurt, came back. Bowling ball guy, man. Had a good had a good game He's against bowling ball guy. Yeah, against Washington. Then he fizzled out the rest of the season. Uh, then in 2022, he just completely got benched a bunch of times. So it, it, it's it's yeah, disappointment is not a bad word to use. Third round pick. You you hoping I mean, that dude I like, turns into something? He reminded me coming out because I'm from Oklahoma, so I watched him a lot you know, throughout the years, and he reminded me of kind of a poor man's Aaron McDonald. Like, he's not as strong as Aaron, but he's a little smaller guy, and man, he's got to make those first weeks. No, 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 Sir. That's why I said poor man's. I knew he was going to give me. Poor man. I don't like those smaller – I don't like those smaller defensive linemen because yeah. they, they tend to get moved around, man, if they don't get that first initial step. But I'm going to get off here, man. One more thing. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, man, we got some guys. I just feel like this draft, man, I want best available playmakers. 
And I'm going to get off here, man. You have a good day, Scott. Great show, man. Salute. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you, my man. Yeah, he's got, he, look, man, he's 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 on a hot seat. Did we just do a show talking about hot seat? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, Aaron Donald to mess it up for all these young bucks that's a little undersized. Although, never was never undersized, per se. He was always floating around the three. It was like 3, 303, 305, and he put on some weight, apparently, to get up to the 312, 315 area to handle more of the uh, one-tech stuff, but... It didn't work out, man. It did not work out. Now, this next one here, for me, Cowboys Nation, he might be the biggest y'all must have forgot. And I'm talking about Sam Slam, thank you, ma'am, Williams. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. Y'all must have forgot about Sam Williams. Now, the reason why I wanted to include Sam Williams, man, is because we are all infatuated with the flavors of the month, myself included. I'm not, this isn't me coming to anybody else. I'm, I'm talking about the Nolans and talking about the, the, the Will McDonald's. And by the way, man, be on the lookout. Vasa Lombardi did an uh, interview for Will McDonald. I just, we got finished, I finished producing it yesterday. Fantastic interview is going to be dropping, I hope, today. I won't be on the show later today, but I hope he drops the teaser and then a full video later. Nonetheless, that's just kind of a plug. But Sam Slam Williams. <laughs> Y'all must have forgot. Look, Sam Williams was a motherfucking problem when he played. You hear me? This, this wasn't a guy that was just out there and, and just taking up space. He wasn't. He really didn't start getting consistent tick until week 11. For whatever reason. Maybe he wasn't quite ready yet. And he and he showed some rookie mistakes early on. But he learned from those mistakes, clearly. He had five games with 20-plus snaps after week 11. Before that, he only had one. And six of those, he had six games total. In four of those six games, he registered multiple pressures. He had four sacks, nine quarterback hits, and obviously the forced fumble that we all saw in, in uh, the, with the Detroit game. He finished second on the team in tackles for loss. Second, the rookie finished second on the team for tackles for loss and didn't play a whole lot. This this kid is explosive. He's mean. He's nasty. He has the strength to anger. I, it's so crazy because when we talked about him playing at 4-I, we kept saying, I think the experience of him playing inside in college is going to help him immensely in the NFL being able to hold up on the outside against the run. Sam was fantastic to me against the run once he figured it out. You saw the struggles early on. But once he started to figure it out, I thought he was fantastic against the run. Sam Williams, it, it, he personifies y'all must have forgot. He honestly is the reason why I am not tripping if they don't take a, a, a pass rusher in the first two rounds. Because I think this kid, his upside is through the roof. I'm going into camp. I'm looking at Doran Armstrong, and I'm saying, you got to win this one, brother. This isn't, you ain't just walking in here as my starter. You and Sam are competing, and I'm going to set it up that way for y'all to compete. I would love, 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 love for Sam Williams to win the starting position 
And that way you got Sam Williams on the outside with D-Law. I think he offers more explosiveness. I think he offers more playmaking ability. And that is no knock on D.A. Because D.A. started off hot. Right? Like, D.A. started off hot. He was getting sacks. He was making forced fumbles, blocking kicks. Look, man, salute to D.A. But what separates guys like D.A. and Sam is that when you are as talented as a Sam Williams, you see that talent all year. Ain't no fizzle out. And if Sam, can, can, if, he, if he has this thing figured out in year two, man, he might have the biggest year two jump on the entire team. The biggest year two jump. And that's including Micah, right? Like Micah Parsons had a great second year. But we're talking about a kid that can go from four sacks to 11. Yeah, and I'm saying that. Yes, I do think that Sam has the potential, given if he, if he plays the same amount of snaps as a starter. To be a double-digit sack guy. And I don't even think that's a hot take. Speaking of which. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make it one. Because who's going to stop me? <laughs> CJ said that Negan strong. <laughs> he is, ain't he? <laughs> that's my hot take for the day, man. Our hot take presented by Hattie B's. No conversation is is uh, brought up without talking about Nashville Styles hot chicken at Hattie B's. Founded in Mid Midtown Nashville in 2012, Hattie B's is known for nationally for its authentic hot chicken. They are now located down here, Deep Ellum, in Dallas. They got all types of heat: Southern mild, medium hot to damn hot, and of course, shut the cluck up. So visit the new location. Here in Dallas, Texas, or you can go online, hattiebees.com, get a delivery. Uh, you can pick it up. You can get it ordered. Use the link in the description. Use the link in the description. Sign up for free a rewards account and receive $10 gift card. That's hattiebees.com. And that's my hot take. It may not be hot to you, but I think Sam Slam, thank you, ma'am, Williams, will be a double-digit sack guy. I do. And I think he's the one young player we're all forgetting about. And I don't mean everybody out there in the nation. I'm just saying, right, as we are talking about the flavors of the months, the Nolans and the Wills and all these pass rushers, the Ojolaris and, and all these, these really good young pass rushers, you got one. I think Sam Williams has the speed, he has the athleticism, he has the strength, and he has the help. He just needs the snaps. If Sam Williams gets the snaps, he can be a double-digit sack guy. Period. Let's get back to the horns in the chat. First, let's talk to Los, though. What's good, Los? Good morning, Sky, man. I good hope you're having morning, a great Monday Los. morning. Hey, that's only four more days to the draft, man. I can't be more excited. And yeah. I'm, I'm just excited that the Dallas Stars won yesterday, too, because we needed that win. But, I mean, talking about football, I'm really curious about how the Cowboys are going to attack the wide receiver core. Because, granted, yes, we, they didn't have the best first or their first year. You know, uh oh. Got you breaking Boston, up, Los. Right, as Law says. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, good. But, yeah, the Washingtons and Jalen Tolbert to the world, right? Yeah. And I'm just curious of how – are they going to 
try to find the replacement or are they going to try to do like, all right, guys, let's see what you can do in this one year, right? And my thing is, if the Cowboys draft some a wide receiver early on within the first three rounds, that should give you an idea how they feel about these guys. But I think I think they're going to probably give these guys one more year to see what they got and come you, you, in third or fourth round, in my opinion. Yeah, you broke but, up a little bit. I mean, that's just my opinion. You broke up a little oh, bit, but I think I think sorry. that the gist of what you're saying, you're saying if they take a wide receiver early, that will give us an idea of how they feel about uh, some of these other receivers, like a semi, Jalen, and maybe even Michael Gallup. Correct, correct. So I'm just curious how they see it with them guys, and see if are they a wait and see develop guys with them? Are we in? Are they like all right? We got to get like a wide receiver now to you know let's let's go for it. And that's that's just I'm curious of what they do. But that's all my thoughts today, Scott. You have a great morning, and you have a great Monday, and let's get let's get let's get rolling, and let's get this Super Bowl rolling. Let's do it, baby. Appreciate you, Los. I, I'm I 100% agree. I, I think depending what they do at wide receiver early in the draft, definitely will tell you how they feel. Period. Um, they they took their guy in round in round three. They thought was going to be a guy, but maybe they're so turned off what happened last year that they say, look, we're not passing on his a. A Johnston or whomever, uh, just because we took Jalen Tober in the third round. So, uh, uh, yeah, keep an eye on what they do at that position early. I don't really want them to because they got Cooks. That already should tell you that how they feel about the position. But if they do, maybe more of an, an, an inkling to Gallup, less Jalen. I think they already they already know how they feel about Jalen right now. Uh, Chris, drop. I got a couple super chats. Let me read real quick. Super chat. Chris two one four drop one to say you think Jackson Smith and QJ uh, a real possibility. I don't think Jackson Smith is, but I think QJ Quentin Johnson definitely is a real possibility. Chris, um, it's funny you ask uh, uh, different scouts or different draft analysts. Some have them as a top three. Some have them out of their top three. Some have them as a first. Some have them have them in a second. So I think he has the more ability to fall down than Jackson Smith and Jigba. Super chat. A. A. Ron drop one says Sam is built for uh, left defense and to seal that edge like D. Law does more than a pass rusher. Very important, but you can still draft another pass rusher. You can never have too many pass rushers at all. Um, and the Sam Williams at left defense and end, he he doesn't have the same. Uh, he doesn't have like that two seventy type of build. He can easily put on ten pounds though. But I agree in the sense of. If they were going to move Mike at a full-time edge, I wanted to move Sam to strong side because Sam, I think, has the strength and the kind of know-how. We always talk about this, right? You can be big. You can be a big nose tackle. You can be a big defense end, and you can have stopped the run in college, but you got to know how to stop the run in the NFL, and I think Sam developed the know-how to stop the run in the NFL. So I would, if they decide to move Mike full-time, right, and not kind of chess match, if they decide to put him at edge, I would go – Micah, as your speed rusher on the right side, because they're, they're supposed to rush from the you know right side and the blind side of the quarterback, and then I'd put Sam at left defensive end and let those two guys tee off and let Sam kind of play that D-law role. So I'm right there with you. Grant Rainwater. Super chat. Drop one. Appreciate you. Said check out Edge. Somebody Fayoko and defensive tackle Jonah I got I to gotta make this one. Oh, I can't really read it. Here we go. Jonah Tavia in the later rounds of the draft. I will note that. I will note that. That's a Danny. Day three Danny special right there. 
<laughs> CJ Wow. All right, I got I got one more guy that we got to talk about. This one this one could be considered a little bit more controversial when it comes to Y'all must have forgot, forgot. Could be a little bit controversial. But I feel like I wanted to bring him up anyway. Malik Davis. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. So, again, I started off this show saying none of these guys are going to stop you, Sam might, from, from drafting at that position early. Malik Davis definitely is not stopping you from, from doing any of that, okay? Um, but Malik Davis, in the few snaps that he did get, because he didn't have a lot, 38 rushes, 161 yards, did have the nice touchdown against the Colts, didn't get him any receptions. Six for 63, but 10.3 a pop is, is pretty impressive. Only 80 offensive snaps. But in those snaps, man, um, he showed me he can catch the ball at the backfield. He showed me he can find the hole quickly. He can be a little bit nimble in the hole. That's one of the things I'm looking at now over the last few years from, from these running backs. Because running back evaluation can be can be easier than many other positions. So I look for what are the small nuances I like. And what makes me like Bijan so damn much is that he knows how to make you miss in the hole. He knows how to find the, the spots, get skinny, ridiculous quickness. I mean, that's what makes him special. That's why he's RB1 to me. Because when he runs the ball, he's just as explosive and a problem um, in between the tackles. Malik Davis showed to me he could run between the tackles. He showed to me he had pop on the edge. I thought it was criminal that Malik Davis didn't get more tick in the postseason. I think if he gets more tick in the postseason, maybe... We're not, and I'm not saying we're pan. I don't use we're panicky. Maybe we're we're higher on Malik Davis going into this season, and I think we should be. Um, now I'm a, I'm gonna stop short of saying anything other than what I just said because Malik Davis is still at the end of the day uh, running back three or two if you're not big on Ronald Jones. But they signed Ronald Jones, and I like Ronald Jones. Um, but I just want people to remember. You know, when we if the Cowboys don't take a guy to round six, round five, six, or seven, is that guy going to be better than Malik? I thought if you don't draft a running back in round five, six, seven, or I'm drafted, then Malik Davis, I think, has the edge unless somebody just absolutely falls to you. Uh, so just, just keep in mind that Malik Davis is still here, and Malik Davis has an upside, and he showed some of that upside last year. But we'll see how they feel about him heading in. Again, not going to stop you from drafting the guy. Not, you know, anything like that. But this one was a little bit more controversial. That's why I saved him for last. Super chat. Grande dropped one and said, is Mozzie that much better than Benton and, and Ika? Uh, I think Benton and Mozzie, I think, are on the same tier. And then I think uh, Siaka Ika is probably right around there. So, uh, I don't. is somebody in here saying he's much better than Keanu Benton? I think it depends how you, how you view him. I think Mozzie's one tech with three tech movement, and Benton is a three tech that can play the run for for a three tech guy. And then Siaka Ika is trash can full of dirt guy. I like Mozzie over Siaka Ika because I, I like his athleticism and ability to be dual. I like Benton and Mozzie more than I like Ika by by a lot actually. Um, let's see, Beast Mode. I'm making Malik Davis compete. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, I'm making all these dudes compete. King Element was good, bro. Uh, Malik is nice, and I said it in the second we signed him, but this class two stacks not drafted. I mean, you're, you're absolutely taking a guy, 100%. 100%. Uh, 
So two brokers going back to to the defense and talk. So uh, so y'all sleeping again on Da? I think last year was a year that he got the majority of the snaps as a full time Da, and he wore down towards the end. But it'll ball more this year, Scott. Um, I don't I don't know what, what you know. Describe sleeping, because Da is going to be. We're not saying benched it. Well, some people actually are saying trade him. I don't want to trade him. I don't want to bench him. I just think that Sam Williams deserves more snaps. Than he got last year, and if that comes at Dorrance Armstrong's expense, that's fine, because I think we know what Dorrance Armstrong is. Um, you can't say we're sleeping on a guy, and then in the same breath says, "Well, he wore down because he got the full-time snaps." Well, if he's wearing down as a full-time starter, then he ain't that guy, pal. So bring in a guy that has a higher upside. I think you would even agree that that Sam has a higher upside, and and eat into those snaps. So that you get a, a higher level of play from Dorrance Armstrong longer. And I think maybe that's what happened. DA started, and he started fast. He started hot, and he wore down. Well, to me, that says he's not built to be that guy long term uh, for, for a full season. So let him and, and Sam Williams split those snaps. That way you get 110% DA all the time, 110% Sam all the time. I think DA is who he is um, a serviceable starter, a quality. Uh, rotation guy. I think that's fair. Let's see here. Uh, Jay, this class is too stacked to let them slide by. I'm guessing you're talking about running backs. Sam says round three running backs are usually good. I think that's a sweet spot right there. 100%. Only time it would have made sense, King Element says, to trade DA was at the deadline last year when its value was the highest. Yeah, if, if you don't trade DA during the draft for a player swap or a a premium pick, I, I'm not looking to trade him. I, I like to have the rotation. I do. Ryan says, we know what Dorrance is, and while he's good, this is probably the level he's always going to be, while Sam has the potential to be great. Um, I'm, I, I kind of agree with that there. I, I think we know what DA is. Again, very serviceable starter, quality rotation guy. But I don't think this is a guy that you're going to want to play 70% of the snaps, 75% of the snaps. Uh, on your defense. I think you want to get him closer to the to the 55 range. If he's just started 55, 60 range, and maybe even less uh, if you got a guy like D.A. in your bullpen. If you don't got a guy like D.A. Or, or Dante Fowler in your bullpen that can rush the passer better, I think, then yeah, maybe have a different conversation. He kind of does look like Kang. Jonathan Major. <laughs> I just finally watched Quantum Mania uh, this past weekend. For what it was, I enjoyed it. Not going to lie. All right, let's get Nacho on the horn this morning. What's good, Nacho? Welcome to the show. Good morning, my man. Good morning. Let me get to it. Uh, well, the, the the week of. So what I'm doing is uh, just by reading the, reading the tea leaves and everything, I've kind of boiled it down to what I believe. And at this point, I think it's a guessing game for everybody depending on how the board drops. Um, the names Mayer, Wright, Robinson, McDonald, Sanders, and Avila are the six players that I'm thinking one of them or a few of them are going to be there at 26. Yeah, bad, if we stay, you know what I mean? If we stay pat. So um, what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, O-line, linebacker, running back, and D-tackle are one of the areas that I'd like for us to address. Um, therefore, on that point, 
a tight end is not necessarily my favorite pick at 26. If everything else is falling off and, you know, Mayer or the popular names is King Kate is there, of course, they are good players that can come in and help their offense. Um, I'd like to hope that if Robinson is available after 19 picks, which I, I doubt, um, if Robinson is gone, then I think we can really focus and concentrate on our entire draft of, before we do. Um, McDonald, uh, actually, to your point, you, you were talking about Sam Williams, and I completely agree. I, I believe it's this time, and there is a reason why we drafted him to be the other pass rusher opposite of uh, Lawrence. Yeah. Um, and he is, without a doubt, a capable player and one that, that needs to start shining and be that pass rusher that we've been looking for, and I like him. If we combine him with McDonald, I mean, that would really give us, you know, three to four pass rushers, which uh, sounds like Quinn sure. really likes him. I mean, if you get McDonald, McDonald Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, D.A., D-Law, Michael, oh. you, you got about six, six mm. or seven guys. You, you got a ridiculous rotation of right. dudes you can throw at teams. Guy and imagine that type of defensive uh, defensive front and pass rushing with speed. Uh, I'll leave it at. Uh, I'll leave you with this thought. Uh, I really like Sanders a lot in that he reminds me of a hybrid T.J. Watt type of player that can be utilized as a uh, as as one of those type of twist swift knife type of players where he could play linebacker. He could pass rush the quarterback type of thing. Um, so, I, so those are the six. I see Porter, JSN, and maybe even Nolan as potential three players that could be falling off and surprisingly be available to us, maybe. And if that's the case, then I think we go in that different direction. All right, man. Appreciate the call there, Nacho. All right, my man. Have a good one. Thank you. You, you as well, man. You as well. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get back into this chat here. You guys are having some some good conversations here, and I want to budge in. I want to jump in. But before I jump in, let's talk about one Boston scientific. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships. If you've tried pills or any other type of potential solution and it's not worked, there is hope. Take the free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad in the description there's a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED. And that's edcure.org. Get the facts. Find a urologist who can offer treatment options when others do not work. Again, that's edcure.org. Brought to you by Boston Scientific. Oh, y'all having a good conversation over here. Um, I think we're, we're, we're talking about defense and endurance. T-Dub said, is Dorrance DE4? Toxic says he loves Dorrance. He brings exceptional pass rush and run support for rotational DE. T-Dub says, comes back with wasn't again washed he was. Last year he was not as good against the run as, as he might have been early on in his career. But maybe it was because he was more focused to be a pass rusher. Um, I thought you saw early on DA become a, a better pass rusher from a technique standpoint. But it he started off so damn high. Then he had like six sacks in the first eight games. And then he just kind of went ghost a little bit uh, towards the end of the season from a pressure standpoint, from a production standpoint. Just 
He just was gone. It just it wasn't the same DA. Toxic would move on from Fowler before DA and keep them both. I don't think it's a question that Fowler is a much better pass rusher than Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, from a pressure rate standpoint, from a sack percentage standpoint, he beat out Dorrance Armstrong by a mile. In fact, I think D, I think Dante Fowler was one of the most um, productive pressure rushers in the league, even even last year. So I'm glad they brought Fowler back for what they brought him back for. I mean, he's only going to be a pass rushing guy anyway. They're not asking Fowler to be the lead dog. They're asking Fowler to go in there on, on you know pass rush opportunities and go get the cue. I think that's what he does best. Um, I would keep them both. I don't. I, I wouldn't move on from either. It would take it would take a situation like you get Nolan Smith or Will McDonald in round one, and then you get another crazy pass rusher that falls to you in round three, to where you start thinking about a hey, we can't keep everybody. You know, but the more the better, is how I see it. The more the better. The more the merrier, right? Super chat. DJ was good. DJ dropped ten in the super chat. Said with the change in offensive philosophy, is there a chance the offense is less productive on the scoreboard? If so, would <laughs> would going defense early be the smartest move? about to be a change in offensive philosophy up in here um let me read that again with the change in offensive philosophy is there a chance the offense is less productive on the scoreboard if so would going defense early be smarter move i don't think you can you can window dress your board based off of a change in offensive philosophy uh early what they do in round one is i think they stick to their board I am. I am, Jaws. What they do in round one, I think, is, is is they truly stick to their board. And they're going to take the best player. It, it doesn't matter which position, which which uh, side of the ball, offense, defense. They're going to take the best guy. So, again, if Mayer's there, they're going to take the best guy. If it's a defensive guy, they're going to take that guy. And then in round two, I think that in three, they start more uh, following their, their board per se. <laughs> I can't. Yo, I'm I'm tempted to say that 100%. Anyway, man. I mean, it's a fantastic question, uh, DJ. Uh, but in round one, I don't think they're going to deviate based off of philosophy, based off of, well, maybe. I don't think this is Rod Marinelli's situation where Rod is like, yo, do what you got to do to protect my defense. Or reverse where McCarthy's like, hey, man, do what you got to do to protect my offense. I, I think that – I don't think we're going to see – a a such a crazy decrease on the score, but I don't. Maybe that's my arrogance, DJ. You know, we got Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, CD Lamb. You hope Michael Gallup, right? In two two years removed, is much better. Whatever young buck they get in the deep on the offense, I think this offense is still going to be a top seven scoring offense for sure. So a little bit arrogant, maybe, but I don't really see it. I don't really see it taking a step back, you know, from a scoring standpoint. Maybe they'll be more efficient. Maybe it won't be as many possessions because they're they're scoring on less possessions, which means they're more efficient. Maybe that's what McCarthy was talking about. We're talking about efficiency, right? Maybe instead of, and I'm just throwing numbers out there, instead of 10 possessions, you're only getting eight, but you're scoring on more of those. And I think 10 might even be a a lot, but y'all get what I'm saying. 
Tacoma, it, it's about to be. We going, we going, we going ride out to that, cause, cause yeah, I'm getting a little bit. <sighs> I got my, I don't, I don't have that button in here. About to be Tank Garcia too. Damn, man, body shot through these chickens in there. All right, look, I think I read all the super chats. Let me refresh real quick. Boom. Come on. Yep, I got. I believe I got all the super chats. So appreciate y'all for dropping the super chat. <laughs> Pull the do-rag out. I thank y'all for dealing with all of that. I do. Um, again, update on today. I will not be on Vach's show. I got to go check out this summer camp. It's the only time I could fit it in. Busy, busy week. And then we got to work on uh, draft stuff. But I believe he is going to be dropping the Will McDonald teaser. I advise you all to watch that. And, of course, always check in with the Voss and Boy live show on the volume, whether I'm there or not. And then after that, Mauricio, Mauricio Rodriguez will be here Live A to Z Sports prime time tonight, leading up to the NFL draft. We're only a three, few, or th- three or four days away uh, from the end, three days away from the NFL draft. Make sure y'all come through, of course, and support my guy Mo. And if you can't support him by watching, or you can support him and all the fantastic writers on A to Z Sports Dallas dot com. Nah, watch be straight, Nikki. Watch be straight. Um, and then I'm back on the show tomorrow, so we'll be good to go. Unless he decides to call an audible. I know this week is going to be super, super busy for him and for all of us, really, when it comes to the draft because Thursday will both be – it's it's going to be crazy Thursday. Thursday's going to be crazy. I'll, I'll be a little bit on Vach's show, um, and then obviously me and Foots – me, Foots, and Vach will be on Vach's show. And then me and Foots will do our take on Thursday uh, about mid – about 15 pick, pick 15 on, and then day two – We'll be doing a similar thing, so I'll keep you all up to date on that, all right? With that said, let me go ahead and press this button. Nah, not that, not that button, but it's, it's about to be. The second time they did this to Gotta be professional. But there will be conversations that will be had. Off air. <laughs> Appreciate y'all for joining me. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Make sure y'all check out my guy later. I love y'all. Peace. No regard for Sky. <laughs> Y'all could see what's. <laughs> oh.